Welcome to the official business and lifestyle legends podcast. Real life stories, exciting interviews, and a lot of knowledge to change your life. And here is your host of today's episode, Ben Schneider. Today's episode is powered by jobmofi.com. Jobmofi.com is a job search platform where you can hire a remote worker from the overseas, from all over the world, and you can sell your services on the marketplace. So if you need a remote worker, a designer, a virtual assistant, a web designer, developer, or anything else, go on jobmofi.com, sign up for free, only verified users, no fakes, no scam. Check it out, 14 days free trial on jobmofi.com. Hey guys, welcome to this Business and Lifestyle Legends episode. Today I got another awesome guest for you. He's the founder of Far North Limited. He has been over 20 years in global business development, is part of the Professional Speakers Association and, industry, and is the host of the Industry Angel Business Podcast. Welcome guys, Ian Farrar. Hey Ian, how are you doing? Hi Ben, thanks for the introduction. You said um, 20 years and it made me sound old. So I've obviously started when I was 10. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so um, as you are for a long time in the business development, um, let's talk about leadership today because I think that's quite interesting for all the people who are listening to us. And um, what do you think, why is leadership that important? Let's start with this, because a lot of people think um, they are a leader, but I don't think they really are one. Um, so let's, um, let's dive into this topic today. And why is leadership that important? That's a, it's a really good point, actually. Uh, let, let me take something you said there was um, the don't think the leaders or they might not be leaders, but they think they are. And what happens, Ben, is when you start a company, I think sometimes you don't expect to be a leader. And what I mean by that is you might be a great precision engineer, okay, or you might be a, a mean developer and you write an awesome line of code. When you start that business out because you've got a great idea or a great value proposition to take to market, so suddenly... If that, if that product or service starts to grow, your business then grows. And with your business growing, we've just been discussing this offline, you need a team around you, you need resources. So you've actually gone from a software developer or from an engineer to actually a leader, a leader of a team. And you might necessarily not be a good leader, but you're in that role because it's your company. And I've saw that many times. Yeah, so... You have to be a leader. So I think most of the people are starting like a solopreneur, um, but then they get into the real entrepreneurial uh, things. So you will be forced. If you want to grow, you cannot do that by your own. Yeah, you, you did, right? I mean, we've just been chatting there about having you know, virtual assistants, maybe associates that will help you grow. But ultimately, it does come down to leadership. And, and if you're the leader of your business, you, de you determine how that grows. So that might be, you know, bringing in more people, um, getting a bigger uh, office or, you know, having virtual uh, assistants with you. Um, but at the end of the day, that comes to you as a leader. And I think some people aren't 
as good as leaders as they might make out or they think they are. So in my time, what I've, what I've really um, enjoyed is leadership uh, programs where, where you can actually go on these programs and it'll teach you how to be a leader and you'll work with other peers who are going through that same journey and uh, that's really good and also mentorship I'm a huge fan of mentorship I've always been a I've always had a mentor uh, since being a boy and uh, I've took mentees as well and I think that can really bring you on as a leader as well but I think you have to it's something you're working at all the time it's not something you actually sit and think right okay I've got a business now that's it I'm a leader it's something you've got to continuously work at because you know this Ben right the world changes look what's happened now with the pandemic we've gone online we've gone remote we might be working from home we mightn't be with our staff physically therefore your leadership skills have to change you have to look after yourself look after your staff differently culture needs to be constantly looked at and and, and tweaked so as a leader you never stop learning in in my opinion definitely Um, so what do you think makes it that you are a good leader because um, I think there's basically a, uh, yeah, some points that you can choose for a common op- uh, opinion about that because some of the leadership um, skills are always the same but as you mentioned as we have talked before um, I have uh, most of my guys are re- remote working yours are in the office um, these for this for this you need um, different skills so but basically let's talk about the skills who are general to be a good leader yeah I think being humble is is one that I certainly do uh, promote Um, I believe in a flat structure actually I don't like this hierarchical approach of you know um, he's the head she's the head of this he's the director of that she's the director of that and then you've got all these people around you I believe in a really flat structure and actually giving people accountability and also the freedom to test and to fail um, without any consequence. You know, that's where we learn. That's our little sandpit of learning. Uh, so I'm a really big fan of just trying to keep a really good culture where everyone's happy at work because there's, the worst thing in the world, as you know, Ben, I'm sure you've been through this, is right, Sunday evening you've got a beer or a glass of wine and maybe a takeout and you're watching a film on, on, the, on the television and you think, I've got to go to work in the morning. I've got to go to work. It's Monday morning. I've never had that feeling for years now because I've got my own business. And I actually, Monday is the best day of the week for me. And I want my team to feel exactly the same. You know, we have a, we have a meeting uh, on a Monday morning and it's about being enthused and, and smashing the week ahead. So leadership for me is... Um, Everybody is on an even platform for me and we can all be accountable to each other and we're all a team. This bit where you start having the hierarchy, in my opinion, it it breaks it for me. I I don't like that at all. Okay, that's quite interesting because um, I've tried different... um, Yeah. Yeah, different different kind of things um, how to lead people and the better way was always the one um, when people had been guided by me so um, I I totally understand what you mean that everybody is on the same stage and uh, we are an equal team 
But for me, it's it's not. And it's not that uh, I want to be the leader, the big king, and want to tell my guys what they have to do. Um, it's totally not like that. But I experience that people need someone they can look up to. They can they need someone where they know, hey, I don't know what to do. I ask this one. And this one is the leader. So it's not about about telling the guy you are doing this and you're doing that and uh, you do this and where is that and you told me to do that it's not about that it's not about um, being bad to people but I think there needs to be a hierarchy to that people needs to know where the, uh, who the leader is it's same as uh, a football game or or a soccer game there is one captain in the team who is guiding the team, who who tells the people where to go. Uh, yeah, don't, don't you think this is this is necessary or how, how's your experience on that? It's, it's a really good point, Ben. Your team know who the boss is, okay? The shareholder or the person whose name's on the door or on company's house, you don't need to tell your team that it's me or you or whoever know that already so if your if your team understand that then they're going to be treating you with respect anyway if they don't treat you with respect or they step over that line and abuse it that's not your fault as a leader that's their fault for abusing that so if you have a if you have a flat culture where everyone's happy and someone decides to step out and just you know take advantage of that that's their problem they have to get off the bus and they have to go so what I mean by that is you just don't have to tell everybody, look, I'm the boss here. They, they know that already. So yes, you know, someone does have to carry the can. Someone does have to be the leader. But what you need, if you surround yourself, and there's a term we use in the UK, I'm not sure if you've got this, Ben. Yes, men? You had this term? Yeah. Y yeah you sur if you surround yourself with yes, men, you're only going to ever do what you, what you want to do with the business. Your opinion is the only one that counts and you have the people around that board table just agreeing with you, that's the worst thing ever. I want to be challenged. I want to have a culture where people feel they can challenge. And I'm not always right, and they're not always right. Sometimes there isn't a right or wrong, but it's given them the, um, it's given them the chance and the authority to fail or to test or to try something because you never know what might pop out. So in my past, what I've noticed is a leader will lead and whatever they say is kind of goes and the workforce then just does what that person said. I totally agree with you, you do need a leader, but we also, we also need um, a culture where people can actually lead beyond authority. Maybe that depends also on uh, what, what is different with us two guys. Um, as mentioned, you have people in office, uh, most of mine are remote. I think that's also a big difference um, because if people are working remote, as you mentioned before, uh, you cannot catch them that easily. So the working culture is way different as uh, when you have your people sitting in the office. So, and it also depends on the, on the, yeah, on the culture of the people, uh, on the nationality of the people, because. For example, Asian people are different than Americans uh, and Americans are different from Europe's. 
and Europe's are different from people in South America. So I think there is also a difference in how to guide them and how to work with them together. What do you think about that? I totally agree. It's a really good point. So what we need there is we need some guidelines. We need some do's and don'ts. This is our culture. This is our values. This is what we stand for. These are what we think about our clients. Um, these, are, these are the things we say to our clients. This is how we act. These are our working hours. We are flexible. We are not flexible. You can spend six hours on the golf course, but I don't really care if you get the job done. If you want to get the job done between the hours of 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. in the morning, that's up to you. You might not work 9 till 5. So everybody works different. You're dead right, Ben, but what we need to do as leaders, we need to, you need to get that out and be very transparent. So if you literally want people to work in 9 till 5, then you need to tell them. And that's the worst, that's the worst thing in my eyes, is lack of communication. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I used to work for a chap who, um, who didn't like communication in our business. So I was, I was one of the directors. He was the managing director. He was the CEO. Uh, and I used to like to do these monthly team talks where I'd get the whole business into a, into a room, uh, into the boardroom, and, I, and I'd tell them the state of the nation. So here's our figures, be very transparent. Here's how we're doing well. Here's what we're not doing too well at. Um, he didn't like it at all because he thought that one or two of them would take that information wrong and maybe spread rumors such as redundancies or the business wasn't too good. Now, there was 30 people in that business, and he was worried about two people in the business taking it the wrong way and then spreading it amongst the troops. Now, for me, if those two, if those two people weren't happy, then they need to get off the bus. The fact that we wouldn't run communication means that we're penalizing the 28 that were on the bus and that we're very inspired. That's the people that I want to talk to. If you're the two people who aren't bothered, then they're not for our business. So transparency and communication for me is absolutely paramount. So just going back to your point, I totally agree. As long as everybody knows and there's no avoidance of doubt, if everybody understands and they've got the... They've got the free will and the free reign to do what they want to do, then great. But there's one thing that needs done, and it's the task at hand. My leadership style is, you know, you can sit if you want all day and look out the window, but at the end of the day, that task still needs done. So whenever you want to do it, you, it just needs done, that's it. And I think if you, if you give people that freedom, they the won't take advantage. And if they do take advantage, then... Like it's their fault, not not the company's. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I do too. So I don't I do not really care how much you're working. I care about um, the output. Is is the goal done or not? Is it uh, achieved or not? So this is what matters. Not how many hours you have worked for this, uh, basically. So. You mentioned the lack of communication, and this is something I also experienced basically um, with the remote working stuff. Uh, a lot of people who are starting with having a remote worker do not introduce them in, uh, enough to their company. Um, they don't tell them enough about the tasks. Um, but that's that's maybe not only, uh, yeah, a remote working problem or people who hire remote workers uh, problem that's maybe something because remote workers are are yeah quite cheap 
for for Western companies. If you hire someone from India, Bangladesh, Philippines, etc., uh, you pay way less than hiring someone from the U.S. or Europe. So basically, a lot of people who are starting a marketing business, a coaching business, an e-commerce store, something like that, start hiring a remote worker because it makes totally sense. Um, but they are solopreneurs stepping now into the entrepreneur world and make their first experience so that's maybe the reason why there is uh, often a lack of communication but um, that's one of the main points i think uh, why for some people it's not working especially in the beginning to work with uh, an employee let's name it like that because they don't tell them enough if at the, at the beginning if you hire someone people don't know about your company they don't know about your vision. They don't know about your process and workflows and and what you want to achieve by this month and all that kind of stuff. They simply don't know it. You have to tell them. Also, they don't know how you like to have the banners. How do you like to have your Facebook ads or anything like that? They don't know. So especially in the beginning, you have to be very, very clear and structured in your instructions and um, that that's in my view one of the biggest problems uh, people are facing when they hire their first one two three employees what do you think about that i totally agree ben and the the way around that is by documenting process so everything you do you document it so when you're going to onboard a new member of the staff you pass them that process manual and if it is to do a facebook ad it's literally the full process, how, how we do it as an organization. And they can look at it, review it, and, and tweak it if they want. They can actually say, you know, that bit there that you do, it would be much quicker and cleaner and more productive if we did it this way. Um, so it's basically for the avoidance of doubt. Here is our process. So when we do, when we do a new task or we, we onboard somebody, it's about taking them through the process manual. Um, that's invaluable. That makes me sleep easy at night if all our processes are documented. So we're, we're working through that right now um, to do that manual. It works really well. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, if you have uh, some process manual or instruction booklet or something like that, this, this will definitely help you. I think uh, not many people or companies really have that because it makes a lot of work to yeah. to create it um but definitely makes sense to to have one 100 percent agree with that so if there are people out there who already have hired some people and they are maybe not that happy with their team or they think hey there should should be more output for this hours people are working um what what could you recommend to these guys is there anything they could try to improve it's definitely a, a meeting and it's it's a day out it's an off-site day and it's asking them all okay we're going to meet off-site on you know four weeks time here's the rough agenda if you've got anything to bring to their agenda so any other business anything else that you want to touch upon here's some of the things that i want to go through and as a leader, it's about um, giving them the good news and the bad news um, and, and, and making that day exciting, um, enjoyable, but also productive 
and also really do a, a deep dive on some of the areas where, where, where we need to get better. So even just a, a simple task with a whiteboard of splitting the whiteboard into three, three columns and it's a start, a stop and a continue and saying to the team, right, okay, what should, we, what should we start doing that we're not doing right now? And everybody giving everyone a voice, and then we'll document that. Okay, what should we stop doing? What are the things that are really affecting our business right now? What do you think we should stop doing that's making us unproductive or losing clients or the customer service is dropping? What's, what should we stop? And then what are the good things? What should we continue to do? What do we know that brings us success, moves the needle in terms of sales, or our clients love it when we do this, this, and this. What should we do? And actually documenting that as a team on a whiteboard. I'm looking up here, but there isn't a whiteboard there, but I can see it in my mind's eye in that now. And so that's something I do when I'm a coach, is to do that. And if everybody has a voice, and if everyone can see it on the board visually, they will actually start to make changes. They will get on board with that process. Um, and rather than feel like they're being picked on or they're being singled out, if we do that as a group, you know, and at the end of the day, we've got all those actions going forward. I, I would say you, 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 would, you would make some progress for sure. Mm -hmm. That awesome, uh, awesome to to make a yeah to, to give them a voice so like that, like that. Not only telling people what they should do, but listening to them. Um, if I have people, uh, same, same question basically, if I have people who are in my team and um, I think there should be more output, is there a, a possibility for me as a leader or as a company owner to find out if I have the right people? So basically, a lot of times it's about me. It's about my leading skills and I do not listen to them and I'm yelling to them and all that kind of stuff. But maybe on the other hand, I just hired this, maybe a few wrong people. So how, how can I pick them out who are good in my team or, and who are maybe only there to earn some money but not to achieve the, our vision together? There's a lot in there. I'll, I'll touch upon a, few, upon a few bits. They, don't, they aren't invested in your company as much as you are because it's not theirs and they aren't going to work as hard as you. And that's something we need to understand. When they leave at five o'clock, they're probably not going to think about the business as much as you do. Or on a weekend, they're not going to be here, you know, doing bits and pieces whilst you've got a bit of time. So they're not invested as much as you. That's fine. We need to put that one side. Goals and KPIs are really powerful. If we can literally um, give people some targets to hit, and then if we don't hit them, then there's a discussion. So why are we not hitting them targets? Is it that the targets are too high? Have you not got the resources available? Do you need something that, um, you know, another member of staff, some bit of equipment, some bit of software? What can I help you to do uh, to hit those targets? And if we're not hitting them, why? And then also another, another thing is, when you bring in a member of staff, let's just, let's just say, Ben, for instance, you bring in a member of staff to edit this podcast, okay? So they're gonna download the audio, they're gonna run it through a, 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 a Audacity or a Garage Band or whatever, they're going to tweak and normalize and chop bits out and cut it out. Then they're going to do the same with the video. They might make little snippets and stuff like that. After a year of doing this a hundred times, they might actually say, do you know what it is, Ben? Oh, I don't really like doing it anymore. I, lo I loved it, but I want to do something different. What I've seen in large organizations is they get pigeonholed. 
you are the podcast producer. But after a couple of years, people evolve, people grow, people want a new challenge. So if that person has real talent, you just move them into another part of the business and just put someone else in their place. So basically what I was saying there is retaining the talent, but when we're training them, we're training them with a different skill set. So if you know you've got a real rock star in your organization, don't just get rid of them because they're not performing. It's sitting down and saying, you know, are you happy at work? You know, have you changed? Have you evolved as a person? Because if you have, maybe there's another project we might like to put you on. And as I say in the past, people hire for a particular task. And then after a while, they might get bored of it. You need to give them the flexibility to move around. Does that make sense? Definitely. Um, but I, I wanted more in the direction um, to pick the, the bad people we have in the team and um, <laughs> make them leave, <laughs> make them to leave it. <laughs> so how, how, how can I see as a leader um, if the people are good or not, if they are motivated or not? Um, so for sure, there will always be the A, a double plus people in the company and the C and D people. Um, but is there is there some yeah maybe some points i can i i can also make like an exercise with them or with a team and and yeah something like that to pick to pick that bad players out i think they'll i think they'll come apparent in the goals and kpis you set so for instance if they're in sales and they've got a target of let's just say a hundred thousand euros for the year and they're coming in at 60,000 euros and all the colleagues are doing 87, 93, 104, they'll know, you don't need to tell them, they'll know they're at the bottom of the pile, you know, they'll know they're underperforming. And it's just a matter of putting something in a diary and saying, look, you know, your goal this year was to hit that, that target, you're well below, um, we're six months through the year, I would expect you to have done 50K by now, let's have a look at your pipeline. Is there anything I can help you in? Have you not got enough leads? Is there anything marketing can do for you? And as long as you're trying to help that person, not by just saying, look, it's six months through, you should be on 50K, you're not, get out the door. We, you know, we have to love our team still. We have to want that person to, you know, feel at least valued. Have a discussion with them and just say, look, you're halfway through the year, you're only on 20K. Do you need leads? Is there a problem with the leads from marketing? Should the sales cycle be different? Uh, is any resources that you need and you might actually find that you know marketing have passed them some terrible leads the laptop might crash every two minutes the mobile phone has no memory on it and they can't save any documents you know there might be something that we need to help them with but it's about that constant communication but if you've got goals and kpis in place and they ain't hitting them they'll know and then you're going to have to have the hard conversation that look you know we had this check-in with you three months ago. You still haven't cut these, put these KPIs in place. You haven't hit them. I'm going to give you another month, and I want to see some real difference from you, or I'm going to give you another two months, and in that two months, you need to have hit this potential goal. And if not, you know, we'll have to have a chat. So we need to give them a chance to, to get out of that hole that they're in rather than just kick them out you know, straight away. But it's about giving them some targets and something they aim for. Because you know, Ben, you, you've got people there. You, some, some people don't even need manage. Some people don't even need targets. They just smash it out of the park. It's those A++ you've mentioned before. But some people need a little bit of direction. They need something to aim at. And if they don't keep aiming it, then there's a, there's a conversation to be had.
Yeah, um, but the, at some at some positions there is not really a possibility to to set targets. So for sure, if you're doing sales calls, you can tell them exactly what to do. You can tell them, hey, you need to call up 100 people a day, and I want to have five sales out of that. Um, you can do that, but if you are working with a writer, a designer, or something something like that, a creative, it's not that possible to to set um, that kind of goals. So for sure, you can tell tell your videograph, hey, I wanted to have three videos a day, but um, then maybe you got your three videos, but the uh, I don't know, quality will be bad or or something like this, you know. Uh, so I think it's not possible for every position to set that achievement goals. I'm sure if you I'm sure if you dig in, there'll be something you can you can get them on. You know, um, if you are a designer, then and you're producing logos, for instance, something like that, some graphics. If the quality is not good, surely you took them on when the quality was good. So you know you can say, look. In 2020, you did this, and in 2021, you did that. You know, can you tell me, in your opinion, if there's any difference there? And they'll look at it and they'll know. You know, and say, okay, let me pick another one. This is 2019, and this was, you know, 2021 January. Can you tell me what the difference is? You know, Ben, your 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 quality has has dropped a bit. Our clients have mentioned it. You know, you might find out that maybe that person has some personal problems you know maybe they're going through a, a divorce or you know something is, is, is a matter at home so it's about giving them the chance you know the chance to actually own it um, but what you will find is and I've seen this yourself and I think this is where you're erring on the side of uh, of um, people being a bit volatile and a bit aggressive maybe or a bit defensive but if you if you if you've got some evidence if you like to back it up then they'll be able to see it just right in front of the eyes. There's nothing worse than someone saying, hey, I tell you what it is, your value, your quality has gone really low, sort it out. You know, you have to have some kind of comparisons. Um, but you know, you, you, you say about other KPIs, there's loads, Ben, you know, you could say, look, I want you to grow your network on LinkedIn. How many connections have you got this week? Or I want you to grow your personal brand on Twitter or, you know, there's, your, your timing, you're not, you know, you're, you're late every day, or there's always something that you can discuss. But uh, I do think it is a benchmark exercise on on quality if it has dropped. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, do you do you think, um, or name it different? What do you think from which size? Does, uh, do you need another manager to manage a team? Maybe it depends also uh, on the areas of the, of the company, but um, do you think a good boss can manage 20 people by its, by its own? Or do you think more than five to 10 people is not possible to stay still with a good quality? Then you should hire a manager to manage those people. What do you think about that? That's a really interesting question, and I think you know the answer. There isn't one size fits all, but what I can what I can offer is, in a business, I like to take myself out of anything that isn't revenue generating. 
So if, if I'm charging myself out at a day rate to do training, to do coaching, what I don't want to be doing is sitting in meetings or I don't want to be micromanaging someone or checking some work or doing emails or managing my calendar. You know, and, and you know, Ben, more than anybody about how, how virtual assistants can help you do that. So I want all that taken off my plate and I just want to be 100% chargeable every day. Now, what you find is, and I've, I've got this very example right now in my business, I've got a young lady who had came in to take some of the, um, the, the pressure off me and do some of my tasks. What I've found now is she's, she's revenue generating and running her own projects. So now what we do is we bring someone in to take the, the heat off her and to take her uh, admin tasks away. And I love this kind of polishing and rinse and repeat model where you're bringing someone in, you're getting them revenue generated, right, okay, how can we help that person? So in that 20, uh, 20 strong team that you mentioned, it's all about trying to really optimize the people who are revenue generators and, and try to take everything else off them and giving it to people who can support them, the administration staff. Okay, makes, makes definitely sense. So um, I think to, to, sum, to sum this up, um, leadership is, is, a, is a tough part to be. It's not like a solopreneur. Um, as a solopreneur, you're on, only doing your own stuff. But if, you, if you're diving into the, that entrepreneur thing, if you're starting to be a leader, um, you need to manage people. You need to listen to people. You need to guide people. Um, you need have to have an open ear for people. Um, to build a team, I think that's that's the main um, yeah the main task you have as a leader to create a team, and this team needs to believe in your vision to yeah to provide good quality, to be uh, stay focused, stay humble. So um, I think for me, uh, my life changed. Uh, or but everybody's life will change uh, tremendously if you start being a leader instead of being a solopreneur. Um, you have not less uh, tasks to do as a leader, in my view. So the tasks are just different. Um, what what do you think about that? By the end of this episode, I experienced. Um, so let's let's dive back a few years I was thinking like hey uh, when I'm a leader sometimes my employees are doing all that stuff for me and basically that's correct but I was uh, I, I was facing that I have a whole bunch of other work to do so I'm not doing maybe the daily tasks or designing a banner or anything like that but the but um, doing meetings uh, thinking about new strategies hiring people there's so so many other tasks to do what do you what is your point of, uh, of view on that it's it's funny ben because i think there's a time in your life when you're ready to become a leader so if there's any solopreneurs listening right now they might actually be deliberately a solopreneur because they don't want to run a team there's two things in business ben right we'll be really happy if we didn't have staff and we didn't have clients it would make the world so much easier <laughs> okay <laughs> but we actually need those two things so sometimes as a solopreneur, they're quite happy with the clients, they're quite happy with that, with that bit of um, revenue coming in. 
But sometimes there's a part of a time in life when you think, okay, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to grow this business. I feel mentally strong. I'm at a time in my life where, you know, maybe my kids have grown up a little bit and I've got a bit more time. Um, whatever, the, whatever that catalyst might be to go from a solopreneur to a leader, but it's a very exciting time. And, it, and, it, and it's one of them ones where you have to step out into the unknown and just trust in your instinct and trust in your gut. So what, what I like to do is look at the, something like the apprenticeship model. You know, here in the UK, apprenticeships are great because what you're doing is you're taking a young person that's just left school and you're giving them an opportunity, an opportunity to grow in a business with a very good culture, which is yours. And you work for them. They don't work for you anymore. It's their company. You're providing a great opportunity for them because in the past, I've been in some terrible, terrible businesses, terrible cultures, and really not enjoyed it. And my why is to give young people an exciting business to work in and, and, and really see them grow um, and, and nurture them. So just going back, your point is, yes, leadership for me is just about one word, and it's love. You have to love your team. That, that, and you, you work for them. That's it. So as a, as a solopreneur, you're suddenly going from working for yourself to actually now you're working for your team. You're providing for your team. Um, and I think there can be a bit of downfall in there when, it's, when you're led by money. If you're led by revenue and money, I think there can be trouble. You know? You've got to really cut your cloth accordingly and try to... Um, you know, we don't, we don't need all these trinkets, Ben, Okay. The cars, the watches, the clothes, we don't need them really. So we can really downsize ourselves and uh, stop burning so much cash and bring on somebody else, bring on an apprentice, which will then, is a great opportunity for them, which takes the heat off you. And then actually you start to grow as a business. But what you find as a solopreneur, oh, I can't afford to take anybody on. Well, yeah, stop buying all the shoes. Stop buying all the fancy clothes. You don't need them. Yeah, definitely interesting view. <laughs> Run so, over. Do, do, not, do not buy things you can afford to impress people you don't like. <laughs> so we all know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically that's how it is. So, um, and I think one interesting fact by the end of this episode is if you start being a leader, if you start hiring a team, right in that moment, you will not have more money than working alone. You will not have less stress than by only working alone because you know how to do. And then you're hiring someone, then you need to teach them and he don't make it right. And you need to teach him again and he makes mistakes and you, you don't have, you have to teach him again. So basically at the beginning, it's not better. Um, that's what I experienced. But after a few days, after a few weeks, you're realizing, hey, I'm not doing anything about that. So, for example, this podcast, um, I, I only the guy who are doing the interviews, talking with awesome people, but the rest is all done by my wonderful team. And this is what's important for you as a leader. But uh, for some points, um, for some areas in your company, it might make sense uh, that you have experience in that so that you have done um, the SEO stuff that you have done the article product descriptions uh, having done banner designs that you know 
how hard it is to do or just know how the workflow ha uh, workflow has to be um, just to know what you have to teach and how to guide um, the people out there so um, yeah awesome interview um, awesome value Ian thanks for sharing all this with us is there anything that you want to mention by the end of this episode to the people out there I think you've you've hit the nail on the head at the end there and it's about not asking people to do a process or a task that you don't have any any um, experience in I think that's a really good point have experience in, in everything and you don't have to know 100% of it but just know a little bit of it uh, and then pass it on I think that's a really good advice awesome so if you want to hear, hear more about Ian Farrar, uh, you can go to the Industry Angel Business Podcast and listen to it also um, like you listen to ours. And yeah, hopefully you like that episode. If you do so, just leave us a rating. Uh, we'd really appreciate that and be with us in the next episode. Thanks, Ian. Bye-bye, guys.